What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you're listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I talk with artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. Before we jump into the podcast, I want to encourage you to check out my band, Run With It. It's at Run With It Band, anywhere you follow people at, at Run With It Band. You can also check us out at runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. And on today's episode, we have Brett Burkwin. Brett is a musician, music producer, and singer-songwriter who also owns his video production business called Storylight Studios, and he's a frontman of the band Big Time Grain Company. He's also a husband, father of two kids, and a lover of all things creative. In today's episode, we discuss effective tools for time management, how to leverage your creativity as an artist, and the power of community—the power of a community of artists. Brett also shares his passion to encourage others on their path to step out and take risks, making sure they don't live a life of regret. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. You know, with uh, the show's going less and less so is this kind of a season of rest or is a season of just focusing in a different direction for you dude i don't know if i ever rest to be honest i like <laughs> i need to rest right I actually i actually should rest sometime and and uh, i i put in my calendar to reflect once a week because i i think it's nice. hugely important and i it's like the one thing i lowball it's like oh well you know I'll take that out. I'm too busy for that. And yeah. the more I do that, the more I learn I need to do that because th- those are the times when I can actually stop. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can think about like, okay, make a list. Like my here, I'll show you. My wife helped me do a mind map for me of everything I have going on. Right. Oh, nice. So for the listener, it, it, it's like a, a world map of all sorts of places that you can visit. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's, You it's call like that a, a mind map. It's a mind map and it's everything that we have going on. And That's then we, though. yeah. And then she, she's really smart at that. And she, she helped me color code it. So I actually have it color coded as like things I'm building, things are built and things that are actually producing revenue right now. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. So then, you know, when I get all scattered, which I do a lot, you know, like what am I supposed to be working on? I can look at this and go, okay, have I hit these certain areas? And um, I've even, I've even scheduled my day out in blocks. Like yes. you probably do that. Um, and I remember Chad saying you were, you were great at that. That's something he's constantly trying to learn from you. And, uh, and yeah, that sounds for the listener. Can you kind of break down if they're not familiar, what that would look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I have it broken down. So I kind of took the mind map is what I did to kind of took the mind map and said, okay, here's all the things I have going on. Some of these probably could go away. Some of them should be have more focus that that's part of the process. Right. But once you, once you identify, okay, I need, I want or need to do these things, then uh, for me, I had to put it in my schedule. It's like, because it doesn't get done for me if it's not in my schedule. It just yeah. doesn't. It's like, it has to be on my calendar. I have to have a due date. I have to look at it and be like, okay, this is done. This is due here. You know, um, even if it's something that's a personal thing where I'm like, okay, I've got to put this song out. It's just a person. It's got to be on my, uh, on my calendar. So, right. So to, to break that down for the calendar, it's just like, it's, you know, I use iCal or whatever, and it's just these little sections every day 
that are just repeated. And, um, you know, in the morning I get up, at, I'm up at five. Another 5 a.m. or nice. Yeah, dude. That's I've awesome. To. I've got I to. love it. <laughs> got it, man. I mean, you know, you have kids. It's like, mm-hmm. when else are you going to get something done? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, so you, you starting out 5 a.m., blocking that yeah. time out. Is, now, yeah. 5 a.m., is that a workout? Like, for me, it's it's I go straight to working out. I used to try to do, like, reflection and studying and that kind of thing uh-huh. then, but I can never stay awake. But I know some people that works out well. What's it? What's your first thing like in that block for you? Yeah, for me, I'm a I'm a man of faith, so I do a devotion then and uh, um, kind of reconnect with what you know what's important to me. Um, and then that's and then it's on the music. It's like I that's that time between five and seven is devoted for music. It's like creating. I'm the, I'm the most creative in that in that period like awesome. well in the morning like five to maybe ten and mm-hmm. i'll start to draw i'll start to fade off about noon where i'm like oh you know so i've got it actually blocked out five to seven music and then i i stop spend some time with my kids before they go to school okay I have a little window there my wife comes home we have some time together after she comes home dropping off the kids and then i'm i'm in edit mode <laughs> i literally <laughs> block it out like i'm gonna edit what i created this morning that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, um, and then I move on to at attempts at 10 o'clock. My next block is new, what I call new business. It's like research. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I noticed you guys are doing meta, you're doing NFT research, or maybe you're doing NFTs. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. We're that researching that world heavily, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So that sort of thing where you're like, you know, what's new, what's coming around. Um, and then after lunch, I do video editing because I find that it doesn't take as much of my creativity. It's more of a, uh, what do you call that? It's not a, it's not a creative thing. Yeah. It's more technical, the details, those kind of things. More technical. And you're like, you know, you're just cutting stuff up and you're not all the time. You're not creating something. So I'm right. I'm doing that sort of thing. Um, and then I try to squeeze in a little bit of a workout after that because it, I, I kind of figure, I figured out that my, I, if I'm having anxiety, that can help with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like anxiety from the day or, or maybe stressed out or, or whatever. I can do that. And then after that, that I'll come back and actually do kind of more editing on, on what was created in the morning and stuff like that. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. I love that. I love that flow to the day. And so for you, is there a goal right now of writing and finishing like a song every single day? Is that cause I, oh. I hear you creating something in the morning and then creating, or is it just kind of, it carries over until you are finished into the it next It just song? carries over. So then in addition to the daily blocks, I have to have another calendar. What I, what I just call goals. And those goals are all the things I want to hit. And those are more like weekly things like um, Chad and I do some instrumental stuff. So I want to, for example, I want to have this instrumental song done by Friday of next week. So, um, and then I'll, you know, this, this is a big time grain song. I want to have it done by then this time. And, um, and then I've been writing some on my own too, some, some solo, I don't know if it's solo projects stuff or what, but I'm, been doing a lot of that so 
Um, my heart, my challenge is a lot of times I have too much. <laughs> too many but, ideas or just too much to have to get done? Well, that's a very, that's a good question because, um, sometimes the ideas turn into things to get done and then you have to, that's where, the, that's where we circle back to the focus thing. Like the yeah. uh, once a week, you almost have to take inventory and say, like, what the heck are all these things important? Right. You know, just cause I want to do them or they're cool or they're a flashing <laughs> light, you know, <laughs> I laugh yeah. just because I know the pain so well. I know. It's <laughs> I'm like, saying like, there's so many things. I'm like, ooh, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. Or, well, like, let me start this other podcast. I had a great idea for blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah, I need another one of those. That'd be great. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I should ask you, how do you do it? Well, that, I mean, the blocking is part of it for me. Um, but I think recently that too much has has been hitting me. Uh, in fact, actually, the rest of my day is blocked out. <laughs> uh, yeah. And honestly, this is a great conversation to have right going into that is because I'm realizing I'm just putting out fires again with yeah. my time as opposed to doing the, the most important things first. Um, yeah. and, and so, yeah, I think focusing is, is the question for me. Like during COVID, I put so much energy into, I was training for endurance races and like Ironmans and ultra marathons, those kind of things. And some workouts would be, you know, four hours long, five hours long, those kind of things. Uh -huh. And I, I looked back in that time, my entire life, everything, even our family's life kind of switched around that endeavor. Um, yeah. but it was one of those things where I had, I actually had to sell my bike. I was like, I'm, I gotta get rid of it. I can't <laughs> yeah, like, it was just, it was almost an addiction to me. Uh, and I knew as music kicked back up, I was like, I need to focus back on this. Uh, but I found, I was like, let me put all that energy that I was putting into the racing into the music. But I find yeah. it's less and less music as the days go on and more and more details and more and more emails and more and more of this and more and more of that, um, where I'm more, I'm more the band's administrative assistant as opposed to the creator. And so, yeah. so today is I'm, I'm wrestling through again, really the blocking out, like, what does it look like to block it out to make sure? Cause what's, what's funny is during that time, right? Like I was spending four hours, like on a bike, working out, doing whatever, but for some reason, like gigs kept coming in and things kept happening. It wasn't like I just let off the pedal of trying to do the music as well. Um, but, but I found even though my focus was on something else, the business kept growing. And so I'm like, now what, what does it look like to put all that into the creative portion and then still trust that the business part is moving forward, you know, and that I can do those yeah. things effectively. So, but yeah, the blocking out's a big thing for me starting, uh, starting out early, uh, like my alarm goes off 440. I try to get out of the house by about five to the gym. And that's that it's like, that was one of those, um, what's the word? like a cornerstone goal for me. I knew if I could get that back into my daily habit, it, everything else could build off of it. And any day I miss that, um, I can see where it's like all the stones start falling down because <laughs> I feel behind. Or in, like you said, it's almost a, um, a sanity piece, you know, the anxiety, those kind of things. It's a, a, a good mental care for me too, just to start out the day focused and right, and then I can run into everything. So, yeah. So how do I know you're interviewing me and I'm asking you a few questions, but uh, how do you figure out, you know, the 80-20 rule? Yes. 
Yeah. So how do you figure out the 20? That's a good question. And I, that will get for those listening, control. if you're not familiar, it's, is it Pareto's law or the Pareto law or something like yeah, that? Like and that. it's uh, basically like 80% of your yield will come from 20% of your, your crops or yeah. uh, 20% of your output uh, will get, you know, 80% of your return. Um, honestly, that's a good question. Um, one thing I've been wrestling through is that as well. Uh, that's one reason my focus, I want to get into the writing piece because everything I can analyze of the industry of all my friends who are the most successful, um, who have the things and are getting the opportunities that I want, I want are, they have gone full on into songwriting and strengthening that craft co-writing and the licensing world. And so that, that from there, it seems like the amount of energy you put in, you know, the 20% can yield yeah. the 80%. I've seen it in a lot of their lives and seen how yeah. that has opened up. So that's, I noticed it's like, I spend all my time working on gigs and those kind of things. But honestly, I feel like if you get your branding right and you get your promo videos, right. And you're working with the right agents that can, you know, you, you make sure you do your due diligence and send out your emails and communicate, but that yeah. can almost spin on its own. But it's like, how are you going to create the next best song and the next best yeah. thing that can get licensed, that can gain you more followers, um, all those kind of things. So, I mean, I don't, that, that answered more like what I think my 20% is <laughs> yeah. right out. I, I think that the how is more just wrestling through where I want to be um, and what I see in those that I'm lucky enough to know who are doing the things I want to do mm-hmm. and seeing where they're putting their time and seeing that yeah. too. And there's just a lot of things I realize that looking back, it's like spinning my wheels, you know, like choosing a font on my, you know, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok video for 45 minutes. And I'm looking back like that was a waste of time. It's just not worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. How about oh, for man. you? What's that? What is it? What are you wrestling in, in that, that regard in the Pareto? I, I believe Pareto. We'll go with Pareto. Yeah, we'll and then Pareto. someone can fact check me later. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah, you know, I think that's what I'm, I'm, there's a wrestle going on right now with me in that, uh, you know, hence my wife going, hey, we need to sit down and do a mind map. I love yeah. that process. That's really cool. Yeah, it was very healthy. And, and to have somebody else there is important too, because somebody that can listen and ask the right questions, hmm. you know, um, I'm a bit of a driver you know we just drive through things i think <laughs> I and then feel we you. look back at the wreckage <laughs> and go oh crap i just ran over like three people <laughs> uh, anyways i'm sorry my audio things messed up that's all right no i one feel second, you one second here okay okay sorry about that that's all right um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, the 20, the 80, 20 thing, I think is what I'm trying to figure out right now. It's, uh, um, with different ventures. So I used to feel bad. Okay. So I used to feel bad cause I had all this crap going on, like, okay, you need to have more focus. Um, and then, you know, the, you read these stuff about millionaires have no less than seven to 11 different sources of income coming in. Right. Right. So you're like, okay, well, I'm, you know, normal or whatever normal is. Uh, I'm on the right path. 
and then to have like, multiple well, things going, right? Yes. So um, then I think it's something what you just said. It's like, okay, so I got a logo that needs tweaking. How important is that? <laughs> um, you know, being able to say that and then delegate stuff. Like if you have a team, you can say like these millionaires aren't aren't working on seven sor- sorts of uh, sources of income by themselves. They're not like you know doing the daily grind. You know, what's right. that rich dad poor Robert Kiyosaki that said if you work if you work at your business, it's not an asset. Right. If you if you're there putting in time, it's not an, it's not a true asset. Hmm. A true asset as a business is something that you've built that makes money without you being there. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's a lot of us, what we're trying to do too, is like, uh, um, create these sources of revenue that are mailbox money or reoccurring revenue or whatever term you want to use. But, um, so I think that's important. I think I, that's where I'm headed, Miguel, where I'm headed is I need to find sources of reoccurring revenue that allow me to do exactly what you just said that allow me to not have to maybe uh, spread myself as thin and then spend time on the things I really love. Right. Uh, I, I love video work, but if I, if I could have a a video business uh, run on its own Hmm. and I just purely did music, that that's where I would be. That's awesome. Um, yeah, well, that's where I, I keep coming back to the licensing for myself, you know, thinking the rich dad, poor dad piece, where thinking of it as properties that are essentially working for you. Um, I went through that course by Michael Elsner, if you're familiar with him, yeah. and realizing like there are certain songs he wrote that for like five, six years, it keeps getting licensed every single year. Mm-hmm. And it's just now it's just part of his catalog. Well, almost yeah. spilled coffee all over himself. But uh, now it's just part of his catalog making making money for him uh through his craft through the thing he he loves and it's it's like the idea of being able like in a way musicians have this opportunity to build a house every day if they wanted to and put it out there now you don't get to control what happens to it (laughs) in that regard but that that does seem like an interesting opportunity for you did it so did creativity start in the music realm or did it start in video for you Oh, definitely music. Yeah. I came to video. I've been doing video for maybe 20 years, but it was, um, I was originally into, uh, well, I was originally a player. Still am a player. Um, I'm a player, not that kind of (laughs) player. Anyway, (laughs) the, uh, bass guitar, you know, I love the bass guitar, played it for years, still play it. Um, got into songwriting and then I got into, to, uh, engineering recording engineering went to it had a small uh technical program i went through that's awesome um so then uh, then i was like i and i still love that stuff but then through that somebody was like hey can you edit video i'm like how hard could it be it's like linear <laughs> you know it's like audio right and that's how i got in the video right <laughs> so it right. just naturally built into that and well, then you decided why not start a company yeah you're like the things we do to pay the rent sometimes right. lead us to different things. And <laughs> I, yeah, I started it, I started a roofing company once just to like, you know, make money as an artist. Um, yeah. But but then I hated that immensely and had to end that. Yeah. <laughs> Get done with it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's 
I'm not even sure what the original question is now, but oh, the video. The um, I think video is awesome. You know, and I love the detail. I'm a very detailed person, so I love the details of video. So it's a, yeah. it's definitely artistic, and I got into it, and I, you know, I learned about cameras and stuff, and and the fact that like if you have your camera set on automatic ISO and you do stuff like that, you know, you change your face. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just thinking when the, when the cameras. <laughs> changed yeah. I, I was like i bet that bothered him he was like yeah. ah! <laughs> my face went blew out my face um, <laughs> anyway so luckily that part's just audio so i usually only clip the, the last two parts okay. of it for video gotcha. so we're okay we're, just gotcha. don't raise your arm during the, the last two questions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i love details um and that's part of my company um love details and music i love all that um but the video stuff, you know, I, I, I found people that are better, you know, at it than I am. And I love to hire those people and uh, see them in action. Um, right. That, you know, that, that's a huge passion of mine, too. I'm one of my gifts is I'm an encourager. I love to encourage people like I'll, I'll see somebody at a table and be like, hey, man, do you know that you, you do this? And. And they're like, yeah, I do that. And that's easy for me. Like, you should do more of that. Like, that's my part of my passion is to encourage people. Like, yeah, what what we're doing right here is we're talking about music, how much, how much we love music, how much you know we love to be part of it, and how much how much more we would love if that consumed all of our lives, like career-wise, not family, not consumed family life, but career-wise. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of people out there that don't aren't, aren't believing in themselves. They're, mm-hmm. they're saying, um, well, what I'd really love to do is this, but I've got it. You know, I got to have a stable job and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with having a stable job, but there is ways if you have a stable job to, to build your dream, mm-hmm. even in a stable job, you know? Um, so I have a, a really big passion for, um, encouraging people to do to do that as well. And, now, is uh, that a, a skill that you've seen even from when you were young, or did that, did that get built into you by somebody else along the along the way? That, that's a really good question. Um, well, I've definitely seen it. I've seen it um, examples of it in my life. I've had mentors and coaches and. And things like that. I think inherently I've always had it. Um, awesome. I always had the desire to see people. Like my, my thing is I don't want to see people die with these things in, in their heart that never, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like one thing to, to, to die, you know, to be on your deathbed and go, well, I tried everything I felt like I was supposed to. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do and I failed at 75% of it. And there's another thing just to be on your deathbed and go, I just never gave it a shot. I was too afraid to walk out that, that stable job door or as as afraid to, you know, take the first step or whatever that, whatever that is. So, um, I feel like we're all very uniquely made Mm -hmm. on this earth. And there's things that you do that you do better than anybody on the planet. 
And I'm not talking about like skills, like, you know, every, there's a lot of people that are good singers, but you convey something with your voice that nobody else does, or mm -hmm. you write songs in a way that touch a certain demographic that nobody else does. Like right, there's right. very specific things that each one of us have built inside of us. And I find it part of my job to, to help encourage those because I love it. I love to see people just break out and believe in themselves, you know? That's awesome, man. Uh, that's, it's funny. One part through doing this podcast, talking to different artists who are stepping out, different authors and, and even mm -hmm. entrepreneurs who's like uh, Pat uh, from Lost Evening's Brewery. He was sharing, you know, uh, he started his brewery during the pandemic because they were already committed for the lease. And he's mm -hmm. like, well, here we are. Let's do it. <laughs> but that yeah. was one thing he shared uh, was he's like, I didn't want to look back 50 years from now and wonder what it would have been like. So it might as well step out. You know, he's trying to do it all the best ways. It's not just yeah. reckless. Um, but a lot of these stories inspired a song that we have coming out in the fall and it's called at least you tried. And it, yeah. it's a two part thing comes from like a conversation a friend had w with me when I was bitching about like all of my failures <laughs> and yeah. he, he tried to like open the door of like, Hey, look, you've, you've ventured out and did this, but then seeing, you know, talking to all these different authors and songwriters and, and musicians and entrepreneurs, it's like, you know, what I basically like the chorus is, is like, what if you have what it takes? You know, what if you have one more song left? What if you have a, a book inside you, you know, and what if there's someone who needs those words? And oh, I think Lord, that yeah. that's a piece. It's like you may be carrying something in that heart, in your mind um, yeah. that that someone else needs and yeah. inspired oh. them to the next thing. And so that's that's really cool. Is there is there a particular uh, moment for you, a particular person that stands out that was that encourager to you along the way? Um, well, we have a, Chad, Chad and I both have a business coach, Brian Sorrell, mm -hmm. who is very good at that. He's very good at drawing things out of us and seeing things and, you know, holding us accountable for certain things like that. But, um, you know, um, Chad and I, we didn't have a lot of encouragement just to be transparent. We didn't have a lot of encouragement in the music business. Um, just a lot of people around you as far as naysayers or just a, well, a lack of anything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know how it is. It's like music is nice, but don't make it a career. You yeah. Know, <laughs> it's like when my wife tells people like, what's your husband do? He's in a band. They're like, okay, so, but what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, how, what do you do to, to buy bread? Like, what kind of... Yeah, um, <laughs> like, that, that's cute. But anyways, what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, <man>. you know? <laughs> so, I, there, there have been some people along the way that have been very encouraging. Um, but they were kind of little, little angels here and there that have popped up and be encouraging. Um hmm. Lately, Brian's been really encouraging. My wife's really encouraging. Um, I've had pastors that have been encouraging. The uh, I have a community around me more so today that's very encouraging, um, more so than any time in my life. But um, 
You know? I find it interesting too, and and for the listener who doesn't know, uh, your your brother Chad, who both you and I have been referencing, uh, the Burrowquin brothers, as I often have started referring to you guys <laughs> in general. Like yeah. um, you both, you you sharing that that you guys don't have you didn't have a whole lot of encouragement along the way is interesting to me because I feel like everything you guys are building on your own and together is centered around encouraging other artists. And I think huh. that's, that's a, that's a powerful thing to me. Cause I know like you guys have helped me immensely along the path, both of you guys in different ways. And I, I see it all over the place. Like even some of the coaching stuff you, you guys are putting together where you bring in, you know, you're bringing in these clinics uh, for people mm-hmm. to learn from, and you're doing all the video and then you're going to have video online, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's interesting. Sometimes we end up over indexing in the area that we felt like we were lacking over time. I don't know if that was a conscious choice for you or if it was just like, if it's just a damn wish I would have had that now I'm going to give it. I, I mean, well, I, don't, yeah. I don't know where that is yeah. for you. Or is it just, yeah, a, it just overflows now. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's probably some of it, you know, um, mm-hmm. our parents were great people. I don't want to say that at all. They were great. They are great people. Um, but it just wasn't in their culture. You know, there's farm mm-hmm. kids and, um, the artistic approach, you know, like, um, my, my wife, I hope she's not mad at me for talking about her, but she, She's had, she had a similar thing in her life. She's a writer. Oh, okay. And uh, she's Oh, that's right. I saw she had just put out a book. Yep. She wrote, she wrote a children's book, which is a huge deal for her because, um, you know, she, she was raised to to think that, you know, you need to find something safe. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all going, (laughs) especially after COVID, like what's safe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like Like, who knows anymore? Yeah. Like, and then a war breaks out right after that. COVID thing yeah. starts chilling out like, yeah, what is safe? So what's safe and why not spend it doing what you love? Mm. Literally, though, I think we do. And you can, I'm sure you can attest to this. I think we have more fun and enjoyment when we're helping other people. Like mm. it's, it's, I, I don't think we should sacrifice our own songs and our own ideas and our own creative things. But I, I know that you could probably attest to this. Just when you help somebody, there's something that fulfills a part of you that it's like, this is supposed to happen. We're like, we're here for each other. We're not here for, Oh, I'm going to make a record and be famous. And then everybody can look at me. Like, first of all, it's not really boring. right? (laughs) Like, look at me. How awesome I am. What I did. (laughs) And the next year and like, nobody likes you because you know, whatever. He's like, that guy's an ass. Um, That's a guy's an ass. But, but well, like, and I, I almost, I, I'm trying to remember. It's like a phrase a lot of people say, like, as you gain in success, it's important to big build a bigger table, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that that picture for me, it's like the more value you you have come in, I feel like that value should overflow, and it, and yeah. from there it almost becomes like this cascade of of value for everyone around each other um yeah and i think yeah i when i think of success now it does seem intertwined with everyone else around me because it's like i i hope i'm finding opportunities and then asking how can i bring value to it 
and then from there just it just keeps expanding and expanding yeah. and more people come in and more people come in and uh, then it, in a way it's almost like a success party maybe i want to have a success party <laughs> along yeah. the way <laughs> and yeah. uh it's not always easy but yeah it can get and in this world it can get almost like you can get so tunnel vision um on your own things uh, what what are some disciplines for you or, or do you do you feel like you have to be disciplined in that to remember to invite people into what you're doing? Oh, I definitely have to be disciplined. I can get, you know, I'm, I'm down in here in my studio or whatever. I can I can live down here for a week and not go out and see the sun. I forget to eat when I'm doing yeah. it. <laughs> I really do. I love eat. anyone who knows me. Like I'm literally carrying around like a lunchbox if I'm out of you know, food. Yeah. But so you you put me in the studio and it's like. Oh, six. I haven't eaten at all today. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's, here's something I realized about myself. Like I can be, um, I can be a little bit of a loner sometimes and I can get in my creative world and I can tweak things and uh, I need to walk away though. I need to have times where I walk away. And, uh, a lot of those times need to be, I need to go have coffee with somebody else. I need to, I need to have social interaction with, with somebody else. Um, so that's a good break. Um, an interesting side note, if you're if talking about creativity is a, a friend of mine just told me this, like there's studies now where if you, you, a human or a human brain or whatever can only go for approximately around a half hour, full on creative um, I'll just call it production with, and at, at the half hour point, they start, it starts becoming non-productive. Interesting. So just yeah, while so, diminishing returns at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, the goal or the idea was you stop at every half hour and you take a five minute break okay. and that'd be a long break, just a five minute break. And you almost like you do something that's not creative or you, um, watch some sort of input you have some sort of creative input like just mm -hmm. i don't know watch netflix or listen to a song something <laughs> just released or whatever that is you know what i mean so um but i thought that was really interesting because you know i definitely have felt that with writing or mixing like there is a there's something that happens when you're fully just open to creativity you're open to a download you it, it happens. And then if you just kind of keep tweaking it and trying to make it better and all these things, it starts to get worse. It's like, yep. you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. I feel like I actually got kicked out of a studio one night. It's like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, the producer made a mistake and well, you know, Joe Mills, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was, I was working with Joe years ago and uh -huh. he let me like touch the computer. <laughs> with my and I barely knew what I was doing with pro tools and I just started moving things around and finally he comes up to me he goes Miguel the things that you're changing and you think are making it different he's like scientifically speaking there's no audible difference <laughs> there there literally cannot be an audible difference yeah. in the frequency like changes you're making he's like you yeah. should go you should go home <laughs> and, I, and it was one of those moments like i don't even know if he remembers that i'll have to ask him sometime but i was like i was like yeah maybe i should i just got get yeah. up and walk away but uh wait so in in that regard so it, it even sounds like with the studies you're referencing our brains almost just say yeah. yo bro i need something i need to chill you need input in a sense yeah 
Yeah, totally. Um, you know, working out can be that. I, I've noticed too, you talk about working out in the morning. I've done that a couple of times and that's been beneficial. Like coming in after a workout, I feel like I'm just more open. I'm just like, I think my too tired to fight it. You know, your brain's too tired to fight whatever's yep. coming in. You're just like, uh, I guess I'll keep fight. running. Here it is. <laughs> and then you listen later. I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever written. You know, oh, yeah. wrote, and it's like it happened in five minutes. Um, so, you know, then there's the debate of like, well, you, ha you have to show up, though. You can't just wait for inspiration mm -hmm. to hit you. You have to show up every day. Um, right. And I, I'm a huge I'm a preacher for compounding consistency. That's my, yes. that's what I tell people. Like, I don't care. Cause when I was talking about encouraging people to, to write that book or start that business or do whatever, um, they go, the, the first thing everybody says, I don't have time. I can't do it. I don't have the time to do it. And, and my next thing out of my mouth is compounding consistency. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is find a spot in your schedule. What could be 15 minutes. You could start with 15 minutes a day. Absolutely. Um, I prefer daily. I mean, if you can only do it once a week to start out, then once a week. But you have, I think that you should try to build to a daily thing where it's like every day you touch this, you know, for 15 minutes or if it's an hour, if it's two hours. And it's not about what you get done in that two hours. It's about that you showed up for those two mm. hours. And that you'll look back in six months and go, I can't believe I finished that. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. On, on 15 minutes or an hour a day, whatever that is. So. Well, and that's when I reflect on like the most productive times and seasons of my life, it usually had that component of like one, yeah. it was a focus. There was large chunks of time blocked out for that thing, you know, and typically it was songwriting. Uh, yeah. Even like when we were on tour uh, with Roma a few years ago, I would just, I, I like had a habit with my iPad where we'd get in the van and when I wasn't driving, I was riding. And it's like, huh. so we had eight hours sometimes to the next gig yeah. and just going, but, but it was one of those things where it's like, I just showed up to it, showed up to it. And then next thing you know, had like another 40 songs to choose from for the wow. next album we're getting ready to do. And um, it was one thing that keeps hitting me too. Cause I do this. It's like, I, I overestimate what I can get done in a day and underestimate what I can accomplish in a year. So I, and the reason that, again, I'm going into this day of, I've been, I've been wrestling with focus yeah. <laughs> as you can tell. So like, that's what I've been reflecting on too. It's like, I heard you say something to that, that same effect where you're like, if you have that two hours, it's not necessarily about what you get done in that two hours. It's just, you showed up because the long view of it, it's like, yeah. don't stress out. Like you only got, you know, if you're a writer, you only got a paragraph done, but damn, if you did that every day and there's gonna be some yeah. days you get page upon page and then like you said, six months later, you look back and you're like, wow, I wrote that book or I have, you know, 30 songs to choose from for my next album. And man, it, it, it I get excited thinking about it because it is such a powerful concept when you tap into it, that compounding. Yeah. Oh, man, totally. that's awesome. Is that, that coaching, is that from your business coaching or is that something, you, again, even earlier on in life, you, you just learned on your own through trial and error? Oh no, that's from my business coach. Yeah, I wish I would have known that. <clears throat> years ago <laughs> there's so many know. things <laughs> like, my oh, 20s God. were like oh i'm just gonna be famous somebody's gonna walk through my door <laughs> and be like oh we've been looking for you 
So you did the whole things like, hey, we're play tonight. Maybe there'll be an A and R guy there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Someone will put us on. Wait. So for you, did you? Well, big time grain company, right? You're, uh, you're doing country, right? Now, right. were you always in the country vein, or before were you doing rock? I know Chad had done a rock band, but I, I can't remember what you had done before big time grain company. Yeah, with with uh, well, there's a couple different things with with bass bass guitar. I played all kinds of music. I played a uh, funk, uh, progressive jazz. Um, went to I played bass in college. Um, moved to Texas for a while. Played in Texas. Traveled a bit. Moved to Branson. Had a gig in Branson playing bass, country. Um, but as far as styles, I mean, I, I, I love when it comes to ba- playing bass, I love multiple styles. I, um, R and B, I love playing bass and R and B and stuff, you know? Oh yeah. There's like so James much good James bass in it. Stuff. It's like <laughs> James Jamerson. I'll just say this real quick. He plays all the notes, <laughs> right? Sometimes we play like three chord stuff and we're like, right. It's good. You know, it's good to write a song. That brother played all the notes. And he made That's it all amazing. make sense. <laughs> like, so anyway, um, yeah. So I love all styles of music, and and uh, yeah. So the, you know, the country band is is something Chad and I was we were we were raised in that genre a little bit. Mm-hmm. Our parents or my my mom's side of the family they all played instruments and stuff like that, and um, some bluegrass and some country stuff, and. Uh, um, Chad got into the country guitar heavy and uh, yeah, so we have that going on, but like we have the instrumental stuff, which is really different from country. Well, I know you said you were doing some EDM stuff as well, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know about EDM as much as just, it's like a fusion of different styles. Like uh, I'm more groove based writer when it comes to bass guitar, instrumental stuff. Mm-hmm. I play the piano too. Um, I love the piano and I love the bass. Um, I, I'm a hack at the guitar. Like I, I, I play enough guitar to like do rhythm stuff, you know, uh-huh. which I can do heavy rhythm stuff because I'm very rhythmic, you know, but uh, all the fancy stuff I send to Chad, like, man, you got to do something cool over this. Well, and I love the track that uh, I had sent your guys' way, and then you had done all the production on it, and then you threw it over to Chad to put the guitar in. I still yeah. haven't – I'm wrestling with do I put that out solo or do I put that out as uh, – I know we got to finish it too <laughs> down yeah. the road, but but uh, just because the vibe of where the band's going with Run With It, I don't know if it'll yeah. fit, but uh, that's what I thought was just really interesting. Just It was a whole different genre take than what I was used to hearing with Big Time Grain Company, obviously. And, uh, yeah. and then, yeah, Chad came in with the guitar in that breakdown. I was like, oh, damn, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I, uh, I don't know, with writing, I, I seem to do better with melodies and arrangements. Mm-hmm. Like I can hear melodies and arrangements all day long. Lyrically, I, I have to work a little bit. Um, that's not, I don't know if that's as much of a strong suit for me, but like, I'd, I'd love, I would love to produce for people because I like when somebody has an idea, they say, here's an idea. Um, and then I can listen to a song and be like, here's what I'm seeing, you know, seeing around that. And then, uh, I actually like this, the other part of me that likes to involve people 
loves to bring people. Okay, so Miguel, here's a song that you like. Here's what I'm hearing from the song. This song, this particular drummer is perfect for this song. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? I like yep. to bring people in like that. And I like to, it's part of that encourager in me too, and being able to like, or desiring to see people's gifts. And some, some people, you know, still on the drummer side, some drummers excel in certain styles. Like, you know, some drummers are like, wow, this guy's got feel for days in, in uh, jazz or funk. Right. Um, but then some guys are like, man, they pound out a thrash beat. And you're like, you know, awesome. <laughs> so like, I, I would love to be in a position to produce like that for people and just make music all day. That's, that's what I would do. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, where do, what do you see next for a big time grain company? I know you guys have been uh, playing like regionally and had some radio stuff going. Um, and by the way, you have like the perfect country voice as well. I don't know if I've had the chance to tell you, but like first time listen, I was like, that is like the perfect country voice. That's amazing. Uh, and, but, uh, but yeah, what do you see next for Bintai Grain Company in the next year or two for you guys? Um, you know, our, our busy season is coming up. We, uh, we're getting booked a lot right now. Um, we, we need to put out more material and that's what we're working on right now. We need to write more content. We, uh, our lineup, we're pretty happy with our lineup and we're pretty happy with everything going on. Um, but I just feel like our next steps is we need to get back on the, the writing and releasing content. Right. Cause you know, <clears throat> you know, as anybody out of anybody that that's literally the game right now. It is. It's it content, really is. you know, We've talked to people that are we've done pretty well in our pricing like we've built up with our band to to get what we consider pretty fair wage right now and there's people that are above us and we're like above us and not signed right right it's like how do you get there <laughs> yeah so how do you get there and that's what they said they said content mm. content as far as songs themselves or also the online, like, are you I talking TikTok and all of it? I think it's what you guys are doing, man. Okay. You know, you, you just are staying connected to people. Um, and and <laughs> it's crazy, but it builds value. It's like builds your value. It does. So it's like, that's the world we live in. And even in my business, it's like, if I want to build value in my business yeah i need to focus on the social media game i need to mm -hmm. you know and it's not just throwing stuff out there either it's it's like <laughs> right you know it's, it has to be engaging I, I love what you guys were doing um people asking questions sorry asking questions and then um you would reply and you would yeah. have this conversation online where everybody could see the conversation yeah, the reels have, that's been one of my favorite parts of the reels on Instagram is that it lets you comment back through video. So it, it, I don't know, it feels like even more connected to people yeah. when you get the chance to it. So it's like one time, I think I was responding to people on a break in between a show, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, so some right there where we're playing, just saying, oh yeah, but, you know, and going back and forth. And uh, yeah. that has been, it can be a taxing part um just from the the amount of time as the volume grows and that's that's kind of we had to really figure out like 
our method to not let it overtake us. Uh, but honestly, one of one of the things I missed a lot uh, when the band ended uh, back in the day, and yeah. and honestly, one of the most valuable things, like where we started when we were on the road, like we go to Chicago or we go to New York, and it's like all of a sudden people are like they're like we played a show in the middle of nowhere in uh, upstate New York, and someone came. It was at a, a college up there. I can't remember the name of it. And someone came up and were like, "Hey, how's your kid doing?" And I was like. Who is this person? <laughs> but I realized I had mentioned my kid was sick yeah. on Snapchat once. And it was oh. like they felt connected in that regard. And then there were people there just because someone shared a video. It's like we didn't even promote it. They just shared a video and they connected with that and came to the show. And we're like, we're like wow, that's there is a power in that uh, in that kind of connection. That's interesting that the next level bands were talking content in general. I thought you were talking more just the songwriting itself. Um but they're talking content all together then. I think they're talking all together. And I, I, I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're songs, they're putting out songs, but in addition to that, there's the interaction, the community, mm -hmm. you know, they're building a community. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's more valuable, you know, it's more value. So when you talk about this concept of bringing people in, um, that's what, so one thing that I think the rap world has done, I, I love hip hop and rap, um, like spent the whole morning today at the gym listening to J. Cole. <laughs> but one thing they're brilliant at is bringing in other artists, whether in and very strategically. So it's like J. Cole brought in a rapper named Little Baby because J. Cole gets more of an older demographic. And then Little Baby's like breaking out in a younger demographic. So he's oh. like, let me bring this dude on. It helps Little Baby. But honestly, Little Baby's helping J. Cole because he's making him a little more <laughs> yeah. keeping him current, you know. Yeah, um, and so from that regard, I'm starting to see even rock bands are doing that now. They're bringing in different folks. Uh, Panic at the Disco did a song with Taylor Swift, which is like completely different genres. Um, and it, yeah, it just makes me wonder even your your idea of like, hey, here's the right drummer for this and the right person for that. Like, what does it look like to do? That's one thing we're wrestling with. Like, what does it look like to do uh, collaborations and even collaborations way outside the norm. I was even talking to Steve Banky uh, from the Flatlanders. Uh, his yeah. podcast dropped today. Um, and and we were talking about like, what does it look like for us to do a Chris Stapleton cover together? Because it's he, oh, you, you know, Sta Chris Stapleton kind of like overlaps the, yeah. the two genres in a way. Um, but I, yeah, I wonder what it looks like uh, for you guys, uh, big time grain company, as you, as you continue to write and do all these different things you guys know so many great artists that'd be interesting do you guys have anything yeah. in the works like that um i have some desires for that i uh um you know i i love i'd like to sing but i'd like to have colin sing a little bit more i'd like to kind of open up the harmonies a little bit more big time grain we have a lot he's got a great voice like nice um you know I, i'm always thinking collaboration even with that song that we are currently producing for you there's that heavy part i still hear a buddy of mine rapping over that that would like, be amazing you know i hear that stuff in in the music and uh <laughs> like there's a song I've, I've written lately i'm like i don't know this sounds like damien gunn should sing this and it's about it's about uh it's about suicides and he's had a friend that committed suicide. And mm -hmm. I just like, I'm feeling certain things about certain songs that I'm like, I don't know if this one's ours, you know, I think that, mm -hmm. you know, so there's a real power to that too. 
bringing people together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's a, man, I, it just gets me excited as, as you're talking about that, even hearing you say like, I know Damien Gunn's story and how he can relate to this song, piecing it all together. You know, when I, I was sharing wrestling with <clears throat> all my, <clears throat> excuse me, wrestling with like, in talking to uh, some of my friends who are doing the things I'd like to be doing. That's the yeah. other thing I do notice. It's not just the songwriting, but it's also this community that they've built of people who have different skill sets that they bring to the table, different stories, different backgrounds. And, uh, in it, it makes it for a very powerful thing for them. Yeah. That's really cool. It's an exciting. Right, can I ask you a question? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, go ahead. So how do you guys, how do you guys manage your social media? You guys are always consistent. You have like a, how do you do that? So for us, it's, um, we do like a macro content piece. Like for example, uh, for the listener, we hired Brett to play uh, bass on one of our videos, uh, yeah. which I, I can't wait to start popping some of those out and then getting yeah. them out and uh, just booking gigs. But it was a fun night. <laughs> Everyone was like, damn, Brett's awesome. Uh, hell of a bass player. But um, yeah, so like for that day, brought in actually my two oldest boys. They came in. You saw them in the background as well. So they're capturing video and pictures throughout the time. Uh, ben uh, McBee was capturing video and photo. Uh, and so just from like that one day, we did a setup earlier and then our video shoot that one day we have produced like tons of pieces of micro content. So anything from like a five second clip of Daniel setting up his drums, those kind of things. So we try to leverage big moments for us. Um, so then we just have a pile of p potential content. And then from there, it's just contextualizing it. So it's like, uh, one night Daniel fell asleep, uh, in the break of one of our rehearsals, you know, <laughs> and it just happened. I was like, it looked really funny the way he, it looked like he was almost at attention and like paying attention, but he was literally asleep. And so like just that, I just snapped that picture. And yeah. then, you know, I think a week later it ended up having a good context to the moment of what was going on, like culturally. And so we could just throw that out there. So I think that's, that's helped us like keep a lot more sanity in it. Uh, and then Daniel and I tag team it. Uh, Daniel, our, our drummer, is more the mastermind of it. So, like, we even had one day where it's just TikTok specific. He, like, came in and he's like, all right, this is what we're doing. Now let's do it. <laughs> and we filmed a bunch of stuff that, you know, for over the next several weeks, uh, he's putting all the right captions and, and contextualizing it. So, so, yeah, that we used to try to do, like, the daily thing in a sense of creation and that just became so taxing but yeah so oh, yeah. so yeah rehearsal like we even one of our rehearsals this week i hired a photographer a video guy uh just to come and from from start to finish just took a ton of video and <laughs> pictures uh, yeah and, and some of it doesn't work some of it does and then we can try to and then we kind of you know like one thing we realized is like people just wanted more music. And so that's where I was like, okay, let's set up better speakers. Cause we were all in ears. So all you heard was like drums and a little guitar. So we yeah. put up speakers so you could get the full audio. And then that's what this has uh, been Ben McBee. Uh, he, he just focused on that. So, and awesome. that's a piece. And there's some days we just can't get to it. There's some days we, uh, cause like you can schedule it, in advance, um, which I eventually like to get to, there's time where we were scheduled like weeks in advance sometimes, especially when we get back on the road, it's going to be hard to keep up with that. Yeah. Um, but 
but on a whole, it's just like, okay, today, like, we're going to put out at least three pieces of content. So right now, TikTok, we're trying to go three to four pieces of content a day, uh, more as a testing ground of saying, yeah. like, okay, this works, this doesn't. Because <laughs> we just don't know, you know, we're, we're just trying to find out yeah. um, what's going to connect with audiences and what's not. Yeah, TikTok's an interesting thing now, man. It's just like, what, were, what, was, the, what was the data I heard? I don't, I don't know, at one point, the top three iTunes artists. Downloads? Were, yeah, downloads were TikTok artists. Yep, I believe it. Like, and then and then I read, a, I saw an interview, I don't know, with Rick Beato, if you follow him at all on YouTube. No, I don't. He's a He's been around a long time, and he's really... He's good with industry stuff. He's a, was a producer for Shine, uh, Shine Down and stuff like that. And oh, okay. Um, he's he's legit, but he has some good conversations. He had he had an article he pulled up talking about A and R people don't even really go looking anymore. They just get on TikTok. I believe it, it. It sounds funny, but he was serious. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like why? Oh yeah, why? Oh. Why go look for artists when you can pull up this, pull up TikTok and see what everybody's, see what's the most popular, you know? Well, and then to flip that as well, it's like once you're at the level um, in in that regard, as far as attention and connection with your audience, uh, why bother signing to well, a record contract, right? And then yeah, I think it's, right. uh, Chad was sharing something about, I think you guys were talking with Rick Barker on a call, a call at some point and you he was asking you about like booking shows and all this kind of when you need to work with somebody else because you guys have been booking all your shows on your own and you were telling him how much you're making per show and doing everything he's like why would you even want someone to come in <laughs> you guys are doing pretty damn good on your own you know at this point um i don't is that i can't remember when that was but i remember chad sharing some story if you were on that call i don't know <laughs> yeah uh, i wasn't but that's he shared that with me and that's, um, you know, that's just business. Uh, as musicians and artists, we have to have some sort of attention to a business. Right. You know? Uh, I know uh, the older I've gotten, the less I want to work for <laughs> free. <laughs> well, and, and, and it, I don't want to get on a pedestal about it, but you can't, you can get on a pedestal about it. Cause you can say, well, how many hours Miguel have you spent in your life perfecting your gift? That's true. It's going to be close to the hours a doctor has spent getting his education. Yeah. What's your, what's your turn? What's your profit? What's your turnaround? Is it close to a doctor's right. pay? You know, I'm not saying we're out there saving lives, but it is important. Music mm -hmm. is important, you know? Um, and you know, people aren't paying you for the three hours you play at their place. They're paying you for the 30 years of effort you put into your art form. Absolutely. You know, so that's, I was talking to an agent recently. Say. Uh, well, I was talking to an agent recently. Um, and he, we were talking different numbers for booking artists and he's like, yeah, I think we could probably get that artist at like 30,000 um that's going to be pretty cheap for them but i think we can get it out there and i was like what the hell you're talking like 30 grand and that's a steal for this artist i'm like how do you get there yeah <laughs> it, it's like i i remember the first time we got paid like two grand for a show 
and it was a college and I think we were out in like Tennessee or something. I swear I like took the check and I got in the van and I wanted to like burn out of there because at that point we were just been playing clubs and yeah. it's like I felt like someone was going to come steal that money from me. Like, <laughs> no, that's not yours. <laughs> and uh, but then the further you're going, it's like it's like, yeah, the, if you raise that value, right, and and take the value of, of what you're doing and see what what your craft is and then connect it with other people to find value yeah. in it, like over time. Yeah, it just like blew my mind where it's like I feel like anytime I'm, I'm getting ahead, then I see like that next level where someone was like literally said, oh, I think we can get that band for 30 grand and it'd be a steal. But I think we can get <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, man. And but yeah, it's you're putting the time in and. And at the end of the day, is it valuable to someone? What does that song mean to them? What does that experience of your live show mean to them? Yeah. Um, and that's huge. I think some people really uh, value that, appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, there is, uh, you know, the worker is worth his wages due is something the Bible says. And, mm -hmm. and, and if, even if you go back biblically, craftsmen were paid for their art their art like they were kind of revered you know go out and and build bring in the finest craftsmen to build this temple or and musicians and stuff like that somewhere along the line i think art kind of got you know some people would say that when the you know they took all the art out of the 16th chapel or whatever that that's when it kind of started going down but mm -hmm. my point is that um, I do feel like a value for art kind of went back up after COVID. And my wife was like, that's because you take something away from people. They realize how valuable it is. Absolutely. You know? So then you saw you're, you're, uh, not only awesome performer, but you, you're an agent. So you've seen it. People mm -hmm. like putting music in their restaurants where they're, you know, three years ago, they weren't. And Absolutely. Yeah, there's a hotel I was I was playing last night, and they they started booking Thursdays, started booking, just moved to Wednesdays, and then I was talking to the manager. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna move to Fridays as well." And it's like they had never done music ever before. You know, I wish it was my account, someone else is booking it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, luckily, I get to go and play. Uh, yeah. But I was like, "Man, that's in it." Yeah, you're seeing that all over the place because people are yeah. hungry for it. They just want to be part of something they could not experience for two yeah. straight years you know yeah oh. chad, chad tells chad tells great stories about he was playing with drew six like when it first opened back up at uh, the levee and there's just literally lines like it was a like a major concert like major label concert lines out the door and he said <laughs> i think him that's and troy amazing. both were playing that show <laughs> and they were like there's these people just standing there looking at the band like oh what is this like we're out this is awesome. <laughs> so yeah, for, so I just have three more questions for you. And one is based off this idea of you as an encourager wanting to build that into people. So the, the artists and, and a lot of the people that I've gotten feedback who are listening to this podcast, a lot of them are artists, uh, younger artists and, or like newer in the career, not necessarily young per se. Um, what would you say to them? Like right now, if they're sitting there, they're struggling because it's in the, you know, it, it's in that in-between state, right? And nothing's like new and exciting, but they haven't got to where they want to be yet. 
what's something that you would say if you got to grab a coffee with them right now that you'd want to encourage them with? Um, so the in-between state would be they're, they're just starting or they're, they've started and they want they've to started and it's kind of that, you know, that like no man's land of like, you've started, you got all the, you got all I the got things you. built, yeah. but you're not where you want to be yet. <laughs> so you're still yeah. doing the work and it, it can kind of get, um, just almost a drudgery in a way. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question. I think, you know, there's the emotional part of that is, um, build your career now on who you are exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't build your career on who you've seen somebody else to be or who you think you should be build it on who you are. Um, that way when it does take off, you're not having to pretend to be somebody else. Um, that one and then as far as the actual functional part is like you're a good example for what to do on that is connect with people uh, on through social media let people into your world um, start building a community now you know like you guys are doing some some cool stuff now because you're building a community rebuilding a community kind of um and then you're releasing music to that community yeah you know what I mean? You're not waiting until you have some music to release. You're like, no, these, these are our friends. We're right. going to gather our friends, talk to them. Um, you know, because I mean, the thing about it is, is people, your true fans are, are not just buying your music. They're buying you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they like you, they'll buy your stuff, even if it sucks. <laughs> like it wasn't his best one but we'll give him not his give best one <laughs> but yeah well, i mean I, because they know you you know your stories about your kids they know you're like right where you're coming from you know this wasn't easy um they relate to you on some level i don't know i love That's that piece too about uh, building it on exactly who you are in that that mm-hmm. authenticity that's the word and concept I have to keep coming back to um, in almost every conversation because it, there's so many great artists out now. There's so mm-hmm. much great music. And it's, you know, for less than $1,000, you could get a decent setup in your house and probably create, if you know what you're doing, yeah. create some pretty damn good music. But it's totally. like, it's is it authentic? And are you authentic? And I totally. think that's what seems to cut through. And uh, yet, at the, at the same time, it seems to be so hard for people because it's like, as a culture, we we want to put on these airs. Um, Steve Banky, I think is, oh, he's such a great example of that too, of, I don't know how much time you've, you've gotten to talk with him in the past, but he's, mm-hmm. he's just, he just overflows that. And so he's an inspiring person in yeah. that concept of authenticity. And I like that perspective that you said yeah. too. It's like, if you get famous, great. You can just do you, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's cool. Nashville's that's a good cool. example of that both ways i mean people you know the tendency is to move to nashville because you want to be famous and then you move to nashville because you want to be famous is not a good reason to move to nashville <laughs> you, know? you need to go there because you have a, you know who you are i would go there after you know who knew who you are mm. um here here's a horror story of, of something i heard the other day of like there's this uh singer songwriter dude that's got a publishing on a couple deals and 
he's got a cool TikTok where he gives kind of the behind the scenes look at some of the stuff, publishing stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about, he's like, there's several reasons why an artist can get shelved. Some of them, it's not, it's not right. Do you know what like getting shelved means? Like they yeah. sign you and then they don't do anything with you. Yeah. You're just, and that and happens can't do anything to with so many, else. yeah. So many bands where I even know there's a period where record labels would go out. And if so, if you were a Chris Stapleton styled artist, they'd sign like 20 of you and shelve like 19 and then push the one they wanted so yeah. it's like they got rid of the competition like some cutthroat shit <laughs> that's what exactly what he was saying and i'm like that's that's another another reason why you need to just be yourself you know mm. can you imagine trying to be somebody else and then getting shelved and then not being able to, to do that and know that right. inside like you weren't even being yourself like, <laughs> great you were trying, I was trying to, to do that thing and <laughs> trying to do that thing and then i yeah so um, uh, I, I believe it always comes back around. I believe that if you yourself and you can stay uh, true to that, then even if you don't have like a, you know, a Taylor Swift career or whatever, you're going to, you're going to make stuff that you're proud of. You're going to make stuff that like resonates with you and you're going to, and it's going to, it's going to not resonate with you. It's going to resonate to other people. Like what you said at the beginning, the art is not always about us. It's about the people that it affects. So mm-hmm you're not only shortchanging yourself by doing that, but you're shortchanging the people around you. So um, that would be a big one. That's huge. Yeah. Very huge, man. Well, last two questions out of this idea of live and create. Right now in your life, how would you define living a great life? Um, you know, I'm not rolling in it, but I'm living a pretty good life. I'm like, I get to make music. I get to be around my family. Um, I, you know, if I was to say what I would want in addition to what I already have, I would just say probably a little bit back to our conversation on focus. I, I would want, I would like my duties as on a daily basis to be more focused around music than kind of spread spread all over i'd like to be centrally focused more around music that didn't mean i wouldn't keep my video business but um i have friends that would love to run my video business for me you know and would be great at it so that's my my dream and my hope is to be able to make make music and um help people in the process encourage people other people in the process and not only does that it's, it's what our kids are watching us do too. You know, your kids are watching you, Miguel mm-hmm. dare. They're watching you dare. They're watching you believe they're watching you step out and think what that's going to do for them. And, and then imagine what if you didn't do that? What if you were like, well, I, here's what I really wanted to do, but it just wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. What lesson are you passing on to your kids? You know, you're saying kids do something safe. I know you really want to do this, but it's not worth it. You're going to get, in, right. you're going to fall down, you know, and you're making me get teary eyed here. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so true. It's so real. It's true. You, know, because you either teach okay. your kids that life's yeah. a bitch or you teach them that life's full of opportunities, you know, and, totally. Um, and totally. sometimes it can be a bitch, but is there opportunities even in that, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that's huge. Yeah. 
That's awesome, man. Well, last question uh, right now in your life, how would you define creating great things? Um, that's a really, that's a really good question. That makes you think kind of deeper into the creative process. Um, I love, I love to create things out of nothing, but I love, I love to do it with people more. Hmm. Um, like I like, you know, so somebody came and said, we need a song about, um, I don't know, just a subject. And they said, we need you to create that. I would love to do that and create that, but it'd, it'd be more fun. And if you came over and Chad came over and Steve Banky came over, it'd be more fun if we did it all together. Yeah. You know, cause there's going to be parts that you're better at in certain areas, parts that I'm better at parts of Steve's parts of Chad's better at. And if we can like lean on each other's gifts, um, that to me is awesome because you just, you come out with this thing and you're like, it's way bigger than one person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes Absolutely. any sense, but that's oh, kind makes of a ton of sense. Introspective part of me. That's awesome, man. We'll let everyone know how they can connect with you, uh, video and music. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Storylightstudios.com is our website. Um, if you want music stuff, my number is 816-560-8897. That's my cell number. Call me. Um, and even if you just want help, like free help. Um, I'm here to encourage you and help help you in any way as possible. Um, but yeah, those those are my emails on the website, stuff like that. So, well, sweet man. Well, you're building some great stuff and impacting a lot of people. So, thank you for that. Thanks for sharing your time, man. It was awesome. Thanks, Miguel. Thanks for having me, man. Good luck to you. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.